Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Hello, welcome along to another episode of Talent Talk Asia podcast. I have been stalking this guest for over two years, and finally I have her on the show. My guest is Shu Ling Lee at Answer Search. She has a list of accomplishments over the years from Global Top Biller internationally and consecutively at Pure Search, Hudson's Rising Star Award for Asia Pacific, and more recently at Answer Search, securing a gold award for most innovative agency. Now, for the first time, Shuling shares with me her principles to lead in a successful life and business and how the launch of her new podcast, After the Bar, which focuses on stories from the legal industry, has her excited for 2022. You will hear how she's been able to achieve and stay in the Million Dollar Club, how she finds balance and what pushes her to move forward. This is what to expect from the show. If I am purely motivated by money and money alone... I don't think personally I would be able to achieve those results consistently. So I've been billing, I mean, I, I, I guess we could say that without putting an exact number, uh, I did bill more than a million personally la- last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. Enjoy the show. Shuling, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Andrea. Thanks Feels for good. having me. You're so welcome. <laughs> um, for the listeners out there that don't know, um, don't know my listener, this is Shuling. Um, and the reason I wanted Shuling on here, I've actually been stalking her for about a year. Um, she wasn't keen to play at first, and then uh, and then she kind of, I think I broke her down. I just literally broke her down and she couldn't get away from me. So finally I have her on the show. Um, I think most listeners, if they haven't met you, they've seen your LinkedIn posts, right? You're pretty good on LinkedIn. I, I like to think so, yes. Yeah, yeah, you are. Do you notice that I'm always looking at your LinkedIn? And you've been very supportive. I always see you commenting, liking, <laughs> and I don't, I, don't, I don't consider it stalking. I consider it flattering. <laughs> I, do a, um, I do an executive leadership course, and one part of it is about how you brand your LinkedIn profile. And there's a couple of people in Singapore that I literally show my clients, and it's you and a lady at um, Nextwave. And I got a message from the lady at Nextwave recently and said, is everything okay? And I said, oh, I know. It looks as though I'm looking at you all the time. It's not. I'm just sharing my screen and showing how good a LinkedIn profile is. So just to take the, you know, make the record straight there. Yeah, that, very um, I'm not completely stalking you. Um, So let's get into it. I think for the listeners that don't necessarily know your background, you started your career as an associate at the prestigious law firm Allen and Gledhill before moving into recruitment in 2010. So, you know, what was it that motivated you to switch jobs? So it wasn't a straightforward job switch, Mm -hmm. if you will. It was a complete different industry change. Right, mm-hmm. moving out of the legal profession into 
the unknown but exciting world of recruitment. So it wasn't like a snap decision, clearly. And I, I would say I kind of morphed into it. It was a two-year-long decision in the making because I actually, when I joined the first recruitment company, Hudson, uh, it was in 20, like December 2010. I actually applied to Hudson two years prior to that, like 2008. Um, so maybe I, I should just backtrack a little bit. I didn't grow up wanting to be a recruiter, right? My childhood ambition was to be a lawyer. And it didn't resonate with me the way I was hoping it would. So long story short, I tried applying to many different places. I, recruitment was not the first place I knocked on. So I knocked on many other doors. I thought, oh, maybe I'll be a fashion designer. I went, you know, to do a fashion course. Clearly, very quickly, I realized, ah, oh, I'm better off buying clothes than designing <laughs> them. <laughs> so that was like, okay, check out. Okay, and then after that, I went to apply to some big Fortune 500 companies. You know, I was thinking, oh, maybe they will accept me in their management associate program. They didn't. Okay, so again, another door shut in my face. So I got very good at uh, taking rejection. And then I was inspired by two people. Okay, first, my mom. My mom has been an insurance financial advisor with AIA for 30 years. She just got her long service award. And then the other person I was inspired by is none other than my cousin, whom you know very well, Patricia Tan of Charterhouse. I went on a holiday with her in Korea. This was in Seoul. And I was still a lawyer. In fact, back then, I made a micro switch to be a DPP. So I was about to embark on a criminal law career, being in the, working in the legal service. And I remember coming out of the bathroom. We were in the same hotel room. And there what my cousin was lounging around in the bed and speaking to her colleagues. I think that was either Michael Page or Robert Walters. I can't remember. If she was laughing, she was at Robert Walters. Just... If she wasn't laughing, then she was at Michael Page. <laughs> then maybe it's Robert Walters. <laughs> so it was like, I was astounded because hey, oh yeah, on holiday, right? Just the two of us, a girl's trip. And then she was so happily chatting away with her colleagues, talking about work and this. So I thought, huh, maybe something I need to investigate. So maybe recruitment is something that I could enjoy. So that kind of sparked something. And she was very encouraging. You know, she, in fact, she helped me map out which firm to apply to, which not to. So that prompted me to, to make that switch. Wow, that's amazing. Mm. I love that story. <laughs> so I have to thank her. So if, you, so if you were giving advice to someone that was in the same position, that you know, whether it was legal yeah. or whatever, and, and finding that the role doesn't resonate with them, their passions aren't there, what advice would you give them? Okay, so if they are in... Out of industry, industry, looking to go industry. to agency, looking to, to you know, to, to possibly to be a recruiter. Because we're seeing okay. a lot more now, right, of uh, yeah. people switching from industry mm. to agency because... Yes there's just a lack of um, people in the market yeah, that are necessarily yeah, looking yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, it's a very good question. And maybe if I could answer it a bit more differently mm -hmm. in the sense that what I wish I knew before mm. I made that switch from mm. industry to uh, being a recruiter. So a few things. The first thing was not to romanticize the idea of being a recruiter. Because a lot of people, myself included, I thought, oh, how difficult can it be? You know, you have coffees with people, you send <laughs> CVs, you get money, ka-ching, easy, easy money. It's not, right? It's not a walk in the park. Unless that park is Jurassic Park, maybe. <laughs> it's actually one of the hardest jobs in the world. I'm sure most of 
the recruiters you speak to say that. The thing is, when you're in industry, like so when you're an accountant or a lawyer or maybe you're in IT, tech, you think when you're speaking to recruiters, yeah, how difficult can it be, yeah. right? Yeah. So I would say the first piece of advice I would say, don't romanticize it. Yeah. You know, actually do your homework and yeah. find out what, what the challenges yeah. are and whether you can cope with those challenges. Yeah. Then I think the second piece of advice I wish I had before I made that switch um, was the mindset shift required from making a steady salary, you know, high paying salary. I was paid $8,500 a month. I still remember when I was in A&G, uh, A&G the law firm I was in. And then to go from $8,500 to zero base, right? I mean, they, they gave me an advance of $4,000 right. a month on my commission, but literally it's zero. Because if I don't make any commission, I'm in deficit. That is a big risk. It is. It was. Yeah. And that was all I could think about for the first six months of my yeah. in- but initial was a motivator career. Though. Was that a motivator yes, for you? It, it drove me. Yeah. It drove me. Yeah. Uh, it was scary. And I think that mindset shift is not to be taken lightly. So because mm. you go from a high paying salary, yeah. so immediately you're like commission based. Yeah. So that's something to, to think about. And I think the to answer your question, what other piece of advice I would give? Uh, oh, yes. It's to either come equipped with thick skin or grow thicker skin. <laughs> so it goes back to the first part, right? About, uh, you know. The resilient side. Yeah, so. resilient yeah. side. I mean, I, so the, I feel the word resilience has been overused. Yeah, a bit, it can be, right? can't it? And it means, it means different things for different people, doesn't it? I think the term, yeah. Yeah, it does, it does. So I think the thick skin, maybe don't take ourselves too seriously because when we get rejected, it's just part and parcel of it. So it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. You said before, you said about how you'd been rejected a few times. Yes. But so without even realising, that was already telling you that you could probably be equipped to do recruitment then, isn't it? So if someone's listened to this podcast and thinking of going into recruitment and doesn't necessarily have the ability to bounce back, that it does affect them, it's probably not the role for them. Because I do really see right now as recruiters, the recruitment industry, particularly in Singapore and, and kind of Hong Kong and Japan, it's, I think it's the toughest I've ever seen it. I mean, I'm obviously outside of it and looking in, but it's tougher than I remember it in terms of kind of the candidate control side, someone saying they're not looking when, let's be honest, they are looking. Yeah. What yes. you, what's your sort of take on that? Okay. It's actually spot on what you're saying. Uh, it's so 12 years I've been doing recruitment now for 12 years and I've never seen a market like this. I've had two clients come to me to raise their rates voluntarily. I did not go to them. Wow. They just emailed me. Did and you said, hint at it? Did you hint? No, zero. <laughs> so I was shocked because one just said, hey, Shulin, here you go. These are new terms. And then I did a track change to compare. It's like, oh, the only thing that's changed was the rates. It's gone up. And why was that? What was it? What was it's, driving it's that It's a sign of the market. It's a sign of the market. And also... It could be that also our firm is gaining a certain reputation in the market. They want to work more closely with us and we do quality work. So I think a lot of our clients now realize that, you know, rather than maybe working with a bunch of recruiters, maybe just work with a couple. So the other client we met, I was, I was personally very surprised. They said, hey, Shulin, your rates are too low. Raise the, your rates. So I was like, oh, okay. 
pleasant surprise. You know that my so, list is going to want to know what the rates are, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Okay, so that Can that you be open on that or is sure. that a bit tricky? No, I can, I can share. Not to, to, to share the client. No, I can but. share that. No, I won't share the client. Um, so one was from 20 to 25. Wow, that is a big jump. Big jump. The other one was, uh, the one that just landed in my inbox without me asking was 20 to 23. So we were paying, tw- yeah. they were, yeah, they were paying us 20. And it's interesting that you yeah. said 20% because I always sort of perceive legal as being, you know, it's quite specialised and I know that, f- I know when I tried to set up legal yes. in Robert Waters and failed miserably, I'll be really honest, really hard, Yes, was just the legal recruiters that, you couldn't be a generalist in it. You really had to yes. understand that market. Yes. People weren't going to move or talk to you very easily. So, I mean, it, it intrigues me that you were 20 because I see that as fa- as fairly kind of, I know the market had changed over the years and gone sort of 2023. 20, so mm. I think that's great to see that that's gone to a level yeah. that I would say you yeah. need that illegal. So I think it's a good point you mentioned because actually I think 80, 90% of our clients work at 25. There are even some clients that pay 28. Uh, the reason why wow. these two firms are at 20% was because these terms were signed when I first started out. Right. Yeah, I was so interesting. I was not yeah. aware. Yeah. You know, it was six years ago. So I guess I was I, I came from bigger firms. Yeah. So I, I was told that, you know, 20% to 25%, yeah. right? If you can get 20%, great. But the yeah. reality is yeah, I mean I'm So if you're I'm, looking back I'm, on I'm that now that, then yeah. and you're giving advice to another mm recruitment leader moving to set up her own firm yes. for instance what would you say to that person now then uh, in terms of kind of valuing your <laughs> valuing your fees okay when i first started for? out i was just desperate you know i felt desperate because yeah. i was just like oh i need to get Money my first deal yeah. i didn't care right yeah. and i didn't know better but okay it, it, now that i know the reality is you don't want to overcharge your clients you know, no. you don't want your clients to feel that you are gouging them without pr- without proving yes, yourself. Yes, yeah. exactly. But you because had a track record before, though. I did. I did. So, what was it about moving to your own firm that made you not necessarily raise them year by year? Just, I'm just interested to know that because I think that's really uh, good for people to sort of think about when they go yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also had to be conscious of the fact that um, I was already working on 20% with these two particular clients in my previous firm. Right, right. So then for me to just raise it like that, yeah. I felt like it was not in good faith. So yeah. it did take me a while to build up my reputation, the firm's reputation. And it seems like now my work has spoken for itself. So I'm, 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 I'm very thankful for that. I'm, I'm in no way like saying like, oh, I'm so cocky. I only charge it you know, this rate or whatever. But clients pay me for what I they yeah. feel I'm worth, right? Because yeah. if I'm obviously competing at a lower range, then they, they, they certainly will well, not they don't get the priority. The that, but they also don't yeah. get the priority on those roles, do they? Uh, they don't, yeah, they don't get the priority on it. Yeah, right. So you spent two years at Hudson, four years at Pure Search. Mm. You won numerous awards, saw it on your LinkedIn, and uh-huh, top billing consultant for three years. What would you say contributed to you being able to get that award and consistently? Okay. So a million dollar question. Million dollar question. Okay. First, I want to say that, um, and you just interviewed him, uh, Craig Brewer. He was the one who gave me my first shot at recruitment. Did I he know, hired me. Did I know that? I'm not sure if I knew that. Yeah, you might. Oh, so yeah. I hired Craig from Australia. So he used to sit next to me and we used to do the Stan Chart account together. Ah, amazing. Common connection. Common connection. Maybe that's why we get along. Mm. So yeah, thanks to Craig, he gave me my first chance. I, I, I joined Hudson. And I think the first two years in Hudson were just amazing. You know, I learned a lot from Craig. I learned a lot from my colleagues. Uh, I was 
I think what contributed to me achieving the award, which was, I think, the best Top rookie yeah. or something. Yeah, best yeah. rookie. Um, it, it might have been that I was thinking, oh, shucks, I walk away from the $8,500 a month. <laughs> yeah, you know? That seems to be like coming up a bit. I think in sense that that money side. Yeah. Yes. So my initial, I think, three months, six months, a year, I would use one word, like tenacity, right? I've, I've always been tenacious, but I think I never wanted anything as badly as when I was in Hudson. I really wanted to succeed. And I was just calling and calling and calling. And, and you must remember I was, what, 27, 28 years old, zero recruitment experience, surrounded by recruitment greats. You know, people like Caroline Poe, yeah, you know, a legend. lot of amazing people. Yeah. And I think that environment helped to contribute as yeah. well. So you yes, my personality. There. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then like, you know, I, I'm seeing people killing it. And I just thought, you know what? I can do it too. You know, if these people can, so can I. So very quickly, I remember I, I was putting fees on the board. In my first year, I, yeah, I, I built really well. Um, way better than I had expected. And yeah, that, 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 that helped me. So how, how has that changed? Because I know, am yeah. I allowed to say what you did last year? Is that... Well, I wouldn't did put quite, an exact you number. Did quite well last year. I did, I did really for well. For someone managing yeah. a, a number yes. of people in the business. Yes, so yes. there's only a few people that I've heard have done those numbers in, right, in right. Singapore and are managing people. So I think we can all kind of guess which club you might be in when, when we talk about that. So that seems to be sort of consistent then with you being a high biller. But what is it that makes that consistent? Because some people can have a great quarter or a great year, but then they're completely burnt out or they start managing and it all goes all goes south. So what is it that you're doing in terms of processes, mindset? Or what is it? What is it that is driving that? Is it purely money? Okay. So if I'm purely motivated by money, I don't think I would be billing the numbers I'm billing. And I say this because consistently... Okay, so maybe I, I sorry, I need to, to, to say that again. If I am purely motivated by money and money alone, I don't think personally I would be able to achieve those results consistently. So I've been billing. I mean, I, 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 I guess we could say that without putting an exact number, uh, I did bill more than a million personally. That's incredible. La last year and and the year before a that, team. and the year before that, and the year before That's, that. That so, is incredible. Yeah, so I, I say that with a lot of humility because every year I don't know whether I can achieve that again. And this is what, mid-February, I'm terrified. <laughs> like what the year ahead looks yeah. like, to be honest. Um, so when you say you're terrified, when, you, when you're saying you're terrified <laughs> of that, is that because, I mean, what, what, what's, driving, what's, dri what's driving that for you? To, is, it, is it that you always want to be able to hit that number again, the competitiveness? Or, uh, I mean, what? Well, okay. I guess I'm terrified as to whether last year was just a fluke. But you, you did know? it the last year. Yeah, I know, I know. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, I guess... What does it mean for you is probably the question I wanted to ask you. What does you. it mean for me? Okay, because I'm not just purely motivated by, by numbers. And in fact, I'm the, probably a very poor example that to, to most people out there because I don't keep track of my numbers. I only keep track of them at the end of the year or at the start of the year. I'm, I'm not very disciplined when it comes to uh, keeping track of these things. Uh, I, am, I am trying to be. Oh, so it doesn't slow you down to keep thinking about the numbers. It's just kind of I just keep thinking doing, about the goal. Right? Yeah, I just keep going. And I think the, 
Well, it's, it's difficult to say because my mindset now is very different from when I was working in Pure and Hudson. You know, the mindset has shifted tremendously, in especially way? in the last three, four years when I started building a team. Yeah. So it's no longer just about me. Previously, it was just all about me. You know, if, if you ask Craig or anyone who used to manage me, I was a complete diva. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I learned from that. Okay. Trust me. Um, and the reality is I realized, my goodness, you know, I can do so much more. I can achieve so much more if I build the right team with the right culture. And I think that contributed to me being able to build well, despite having to manage a team and the business. It's because now I have a very strong team around me. It doesn't just fall on me. So what changed then when you started building? What did you notice the most when you started building that team? What impact did it have on you professionally and personally? Um, just how much I don't know. <laughs> In what way? I don't know. Okay, so I guess I took it for granted. A lot of things that happen to me, uh, you know, when I close deals, when clients come to me, when I go to clients and I easily win them over, not all the time. And then when I build rapport with, with candidates, a lot of things I, I took it for granted in the sense that I think, well, if I can do it, so can you. So then I realized, okay, okay. you know, that you expect everyone to have the same capabilities. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. So that's yeah. something I had to learn the hard way yeah. in the sense that, you know what, my team members need my support. You know, they don't need me to tell them, hey, I can do it, so can you. That's, yeah. that's, that's lousy, yeah. right? They, they can't learn anything from that. So it's been a real learning journey for me. Um, can I repeat those numbers again this year? I sure hope so. I mean, I'm confident that I can. When I say I'm terrified, I'm still afraid. There is still the element of fear. And that, I think that there's a healthy level of fear which can drive you. But if that fear becomes such that it cripples you, then obviously that's, that's not So that's a not controversial ideal. question on that uh -huh. then. Do you need to be doing a million? Okay, so that's the thing. Um, I'm getting coached by you. I'm getting coached <laughs> by, you know, a number of other brilliant people as well. And that's the thing which I might, I might have to step away from because this year, you know, is a big year for mm. the business. Mm. I may have to step away from billing the high numbers that I'm used to. And to be very honest, that scares me a little bit. I was just going to say, are yeah. you ready for that? Yeah. If that I, I, I feel I am on the cusp of that already. What would be the benefits of you taking a step back? If you did go down that course and not to say that you could or should, but if you did uh -huh. go down the course where you were not necessarily aiming for the million, mm -hmm. what would be the benefits to you and the business if that was to happen? Very simple. I will have more bandwidth to build other million dollar billers. You know what I mean? Rather than just me doing that, I want to build others. I have a couple of other consultants who are well on their way. When I hired, the, I think the last three consultant hires I hired, I will not name names, they more than doubled their billings in their yeah, first year. Good people. Yeah. So that's, to me, is testament to my ability to build other people up. But obviously, I need to stop doing some things in order to do more of other things. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, that's a yeah. very good question, which is something I've been wrestling a bit with. And what other things does that allow you to do? What does it free up for you? Because I know you've launched a fantastic podcast called After the, After the Bar, which, um, and I'm not just saying this, I really, really do like it. It's just so interesting. So what, you know, does that give you the ability to be able to let that passion come alive a bit more? Okay, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. And thanks to you, Andrea, you've been very supportive and when I first launched it, I had no one to turn to. You were a great... You're welcome. Yeah, great source of information. So I really appreciate it, Andrea. 
Yes, I mean, the podcast just started out as a passion project, to be honest. So yes, if I were to do less of billing, I can do more managing, leading the business, working on the business and focusing potentially on the podcast. To be honest with the podcast, I've only launched three episodes so far. Next week, there'll be a fourth episode. It was more like a hobby. It wasn't really something that it's, it's not under the auspices of, of any business. It's more like, I would say... I wanted to get out of my comfort zone and try mm. something new. Mm. Um, How are you finding it? Yeah, I love it. I love what do you, it. What do, you, what do you love about it? Okay, so the premise of why I started it to begin with was because I've had so many coffees, right? All of us as recruiters, we have so many yeah. coffees. And some of these coffee chats are so illuminating. Yeah. They're so inspiring yeah. and they are educational. And... The reality is, unless you're seated next door, stalking me, you know, listening at a coffee shop to our conversation, you'll never hear it. Yeah. So I thought, okay, why not? Let me pick 10 people, you know, 10 people I know really well, yeah. who are game enough to do this. And I was surprised, you know, everyone was like, yeah, let's do it. And they allowed you to video them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Double whammy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so what started out as like, just like a like a for fun thing it became a lot more serious yeah and what i love about it is how these guests are unabashed and so open to sharing yeah i noticed that i Mm. thought especially living in singapore that Mm. it was going to be a little bit kind of filtered you know and kind of you know but actually i was really amazed you really got into the lives of people and just putting a spotlight on the legal profession because i don't know anything about the legal. you hear all these sort of stories of what goes on and and the first one i listened to i was just i was hooked you know i remember just sitting there just kind of going oh my god that's so interesting yeah i think i think no one else has done that right in terms of the region of a podcast on the league not that i know of um i think there are some other legal podcasts in asia but not I, I don't I don't particularly I, I listen to some in the UK and the US yeah so they're big in the UK and the US yes. but I haven't heard anything well mm. not in, not from Singapore guest yes not not that prominent for for now yeah I think it's a growing market legal podcasts and I think like what you said the first guest Shashi Nathan yeah that yeah. was brilliant because yeah. you know literally we had a coffee at uh, Change Alley right the yeah. two of us were there and I told him because he, I think he, he just asked me, oh, what are my plans? Then I, I, I said something which I did not dare to say. So it was lingering in my head, this thought of starting a podcast, but I did not dare to say it. But once I said it out, I Why like, didn't you dare to I say it? What were I you nervous about? That if I say it, I have to do it. Right. <laughs> so you'd always thought about it, but it was yes. actually, it's an extra goal, an extra thing to be looking at. Yes. It was sort of germinating, yeah. you know, lurking around. And I was just like, ah, oh, I don't think I can do it. But when I said it to Shashi and Shashi was like, oh, it's a great idea. Yeah, sure. I'll be your first guest. Oh my God. Fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, well, I can't take back, take it back now. I guess I have to start thinking about the yeah. name for the podcast, how to do yeah. it. But you went so, really professional really fast. Like you were kind of, you know, the website was done and, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't just some sort of little side project. Yeah. Maybe that's because I have a go big or go home mentality. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. You could see that. So for those listeners out there that haven't checked it out after the bar, bar on Spotify and on iTunes, YouTube, right? Yes, YouTube iTunes as, well. as well. Yeah. Yes. If you want to do that. Yes. Um, it's also on the Weira website. So if you're Weira member, it's actually on there as well. Cause we put a lot of recruitment podcasts on there that we like on there. Mm. Um, so going back to, um, yes. I suppose I want to know 
for if you've got a recruiter out there going up the career ladder, mm-hmm. looking, you know, thinking I've got an eye on the prize for a million. I want to, I want to get those kind of numbers. I want to be successful as a recruiter. What would you say differentiates you in the market that they can, that people can kind of learn from? I know we talked about the social media side, but what is it that you think? Yeah, that makes me stand out because we know that there's so many recruiters doing all the same things in the same, yes. in, you know, in those recruitment firms. How can someone kind of stand out from that crowd and provide a service to clients and candidates over anyone else? Hey, listeners, time for you to grab a cuppa or maybe a chance to catch your breath on your morning run. Now, whilst you're doing that, I want to share with you one of our new training programs for 2022. So if you're a recruitment firm and you have some new starters joining and you're really struggling to put time aside to get them up and running, then our two-week bite-sized e strengths onboarding program may be just what you're looking for. We will get your new starters become really familiar with your values, your mission, your purpose, your structure, what your commissions look like, your rituals, and so that we will get them up and running and productive as quickly as possible. So if you're interested to hear more about that, reach out for a discussion. The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. That's a very big question. There's it a was, lot to sorry, unpack there. No, no, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It was, was a big one. It's good. Um, okay, I don't think I'm special. You know, I don't think I'm any different from a recruiter who's hustling out there and really putting in, you know, his soul, her heart into the job. Uh, I'm sure there are many other million dollar billers out there. I think what makes me special, okay, I, I just said that I don't think I'm special, yes. but what makes me, what, sorry, maybe what differentiates me, what differentiates me is my personality and I'm not trying to be someone else. Right. So I get that, okay, you know, the advice, usual advice would be seek out a mentor, right? You know, go, go, go speak to someone. Yes. Go get coached. In fact, I think getting coached would mm. be very good. I have four coaches, um, including yourself, Andrea. Mm. So I think that is very beneficial. I only started that at the start of 2020. Mm. I wish I had started that What earlier. was the reasons for taking that path? What did you hope to achieve from it? Well, I have Greg Savage who coaches me as a mm. recruitment firm owner. Mm. I have you coach me, me and my team on strengths. I have Evelyn who coaches me on gen. Well, she was a lawyer turned recruiter mm. and now coach. So mm. I just, and, and, and she's amazing. And then I have another coach uh, in Canada who coaches me about podcast content. Wow. And, and I think I have another coach, but I don't think he wants to be mentioned. So, so it's interesting. Five, it seems actually. as though you, how you segmented that then is yeah. different parts of your life, different right? Parts Whether of my it's life. kind of leadership, recruitment, owner, business, it's Family. different parts of it, right? Yeah. 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 So I think uh, going back to your question, what advice would I give? I, I get that question a lot, actually. Um, okay, so I, I'm going to borrow a phrase that 
one of the podcast guests I, I interviewed, her name is Susan De Silva. She's also a coach. Uh, she was, she's a retired partner. Okay, she wrote this article that says, Know Thyself. That's the title, Know Thyself. Okay, the reality is not every one of us is going to be a million dollar biller, right? Not everyone is, of us is going to be a brilliant recruiter, right? And I think maybe some of us are going to be brilliant at managing, right? Yeah. Maybe less so in recruitment. Maybe some of us are really good at bringing out the best in others. Mm. So I think we need to realize that what could be someone's path may not necessarily be ours. You know, I don't mean to sound like super philosophical and I'm not a coach, but this is what I learned along the way. You know, because I, I beat myself up over other things. You know, I feel like I'm not as good as that other person. We're always comparing, especially in recruitment, right? I'm just like, oh, I wish I could be as good as this, at, at this as the other person. You know, um, maybe, is, that your, is there a FOMO yeah. then that kicks in with you that, with that? Is there that fear of just kind of missing out and wanting to be the best at everything, that competition talent that's kind of, does that kind of, it helps you, but it also can kind of get in the way? Me. Yes. I think most recruiters are competitive, mm. right? And I think the reason why anyone listening to this particular podcast, they want to know what they can do to yeah. maybe, you know, yeah. get, get up the ladder. And I think going back to that is knowing thyself. So maybe your strengths finder, playing mm. to your strengths. Yeah. So I think too often we try to be everything to everyone. Yeah. You know, we need to find out what's our niche. And it took me a while because when I first started, I wanted to just do everything and anything, right? I would never say no to, to a job. I would never say no to a candidate. These days, I find myself saying no more often than I'm saying yes. Right. And what yeah. does that free up then for you? What does that do then by, do, by, by taking that approach? By taking that approach, it's really... Okay, I must say, I still have sometimes trouble saying no. But now that I know what I know, that sometimes I can say no, and that frees me up to do other things. It just gives me so much more... Okay, less guilt... Right, yeah. because now I can focus on the people I actually am prioritizing. Yeah, you know certain clients, certain candidates, yeah. and those people who prioritize me, I prioritize them. Then it's it's worth it. You know, if they are prioritizing me, but I'm not prioritizing them, I'm still trying to chase after people who actually couldn't give two hoots about me. It yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. So it's it's really finding that right so balance. So knowing your bandwidth, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think sometimes yeah. people, recruiters come in and they see all the different industries that they can mm. go on. You can't always cover everything. Yeah, but if, but if a, you know, a client can meet a recruiter that knows their industry within certain job types or certain levels mm. or just a couple of industries it's going to be far more beneficial so it's known you need you said before about kind of yeah. the being yourself and being yes. authentic yes so what does what does that actually mean like when give me an example okay. of when there's times that you've had to kind of stand up for who you are that may go mm. against the grain of what what perhaps others want to see from you okay great great question in fact, it ties in very well with what I was, uh, I had in my mind to share a little bit more of. Because I, I said previously, play to your strengths, right? And also that means stop being down on your weakness areas. Okay, it's, it's fine to know that, oh, okay, I'm very weak in maybe say public speaking. I want to brush up, brush up on that. Um, but maybe there, if there is a certain limit, there is a certain limit. Um, I think the difficulty for most women, I would say women, okay, myself included, is that we want it all, you know, we want to have it all. Yeah. But the reality is we can't have it all all the at all at the same time, right? Like I want to be a good mom, clearly I want to be a loving wife, 
I also want to be a good team leader, a fantastic mm. builder, a business owner. You know, yeah. something's got to give, right? Yeah, you can't have it all, all the time. Um, so, sorry, what was no, your question no, again? No, it's, yeah. it, I, I want to actually, I want to yeah. unpack what you were saying mm. on that because yeah. um, I had the same conversation with a guest speaker that's coming on to Weary this year and she mm. runs, she runs a recruitment firm in Hong Kong, but she runs Hong Kong Women in Recruitment Group. Mm. And she was, we were having the same discussion about can women have it all? Well, not even women. Can we have it all? I think it's not about just women either. It's can mm. we have it all? You know, we want to be able to get increase, increase, and um, encourage inclusive workplaces yes. that, that the guys can go off maternity leave as yes. well as the women, right? So sort of encouraging that. So when you're saying the different roles that we have, is it about us also just being a little bit more kinder to ourselves to say, I may not be the best mum every single day, or there are going to be times where I'm working a bit harder, but just who decides what a great mum is or what a great, it's just kind of centering around yourself to know what is really important. Because yes. I think in recruitment, it just, and I can sense it, I'm worried about this year with the recruiters, especially locally, it's just the, the, the full steam ahead like they were last year. And how they're going to manage all those roles. How do they manage mm. being a son, a daughter, a friend? Mm. It can just be work, work, work. And that's so how can you be authentic to yourself and accept who you are, but also push back maybe internally at work to say, mm. I need to go to the gym this morning. I'm mm. going to be in at nine, right? Mm. Um, I need that bit of the time. So how can people know how to live those roles mm -hmm. and do them well? How can they stand up for that? Because you're, you know, you're confident. I'd imagine if you wanted something, you'd ask for it or you'll get it, right? In your early days of your career. Or mm. would you? Or would you have just kind of stayed in your lane? Okay. Um, yeah, th th there's, there's a lot there. Very thought-provoking. And I, okay, I would say first and foremost that I love my husband for, you know, who he is. He has... You, you, you met should, him the other day. We should mention Brian. Brian, you are mentioned on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, He must Brian. be a strong man to he, deal with Shu Ling on, a, a, on a daily with a, basis. With a crazy woman like me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay. So because I have him in my yeah. life yeah. where his, he, his ego is, I would say, smaller than the average man. Right. And therefore, he plays a much more hands-on role with our two children. Two sons, Nathan and Noah. Right. And Nathan will be listening to this. He's a big fan of, of, of pod, your podcast. Oh. So, um, and because I have that, and therefore I can do a lot of other things. So I can't imagine for other women, if they are looking at, let's say me, right? Or other women. Yeah. And they think like, wow, you know, this person has it all. I want, I want that too. But if they don't have the other things in their lives yeah. as, as pillars, yeah. that, that might not be possible. And thank you for sharing that. Because yeah. I think sometimes when we look at social media, we see a high powered, you know, female, or, you know, it's not about being female, but just female business owner having mm. it all, right? And mm. being a mum. And I think it, we all know it's not that easy. Yeah, but what you're saying is having someone around, it could be a husband, could be a partner, could be mum, dad, friend, yeah. just being able to be able to take some of that roles off, you know, having the, the, sometimes you can't always have it all. You can't always do the long hours. You can't always be, um, you know, every single dinner with your partner every night, right? You, something has to give sometimes, right? Mm. And just knowing that when when you when yes. you have to do that, yes, just knowing that. And I think the so my husband runs his own like investment property business in the UK, and he's the more hands-on parent. Right. So he has a lot on his plate. Yeah. And the reality is, um, for the last four or five years, 
I, I took it for granted. I didn't see behind the scenes because I was in the office all the time. Right, right. right? And to the extent where my husband actually told me, oh, wow, you're treating our house like a hotel. Right. So that was when I was like, oh, okay, alarm bells. Yeah. And COVID helped us because I saw with my own eyes just how much work I didn't have to do that yeah. my husband was picking up the slack on. Yeah. And we had to have a lot of communication, very open communication, because we've been together for now coming to 18 years. Wow. And you know, you know, sometimes things fall into place. Oh, and then, habits. Yeah. Yes, bad habits. Yeah. And I mean, I think my advice to other women looking at social media and all yeah. that, it's really not all it's cracked up to be. Because mm. I have two helpers at home. Okay, right. so not many people know this, and in fact, I was very shy about telling people I have two. Domestic I had two helpers when I was at Robert Walters, okay. one for each child, and okay. I, I'm not embarrassed about it okay. because I just think that they all have different schedules, and does that take a little bit of my guilt away when I'm working? Yeah, it does, and I so don't please don't feel embarrassed oh, about that one yes. little bit. Yes, yes. So when people talk about me having two helpers, I feel like, oh, they must be thinking she is so entitled and spoiled. She needs two helpers. So, you know, that was that inner dialogue. But yeah, you're right. Absolutely. In, in recent years, in the last year, I decided, who cares? You know, if I have two helpers because I don't have help from either side of my the grandparents, yeah. you know. And this works for us. Yeah. So, yeah, I make it's no not, apologies. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not to feel that you've got to be judged, yes. right? You've yes, just got to yes. be kind of who you are. Yeah. Thank you for sharing no that. Problem. I do actually think that's... I, I know <laughs> it's not all about recruitment, but I think for anyone wanting to kind of get up that career ladder and... We all know when you get up the career ladder, it isn't just career. It's also as you get older, you might get married, you have kids. We also have other things that contribute to who we are. Yes. And I think it's important to kind of know that it's okay to, to make sure you're not expecting it to be this perfect, you know, if mm. it's not. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a pretty hard job. Right, I want to go to... Um, we recently worked together to gain awareness around your team's strengths and yours. Mm -hmm. um, describe for me what your top five talents are and how that might, how you feel that might have helped you be successful. Okay. So I think even without doing the test, most of my family members and friends can tell you that, you know, you don't <laughs> Brian, need the test. Brian already wrote down what he thought they were, right? Already. <laughs> Probably. Okay. So my five top strengths, I wrote this down. Competition. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Communication, which yeah. was great. Podcast, yeah. Achiever. Yeah. Significance and focus. So I think, yeah. let's start with competition. I think competition, when I first started out, remember I said I used to be a diva. It was always competing with other people in the company. I wanted yeah. to be the top villa. So you like to benchmark yourself against yes. others around you. Yes. Yeah. But now, uh, having done this for 12 years and you know now six years on my own, competition is actually, I find it's um, against ourselves. So I'm always competing to be a better version of myself. Mm. And I think it drives my husband crazy because I always have, it's like, oh, did we think of this? Oh, let's read this book. Let's go for this course. So it's, so, so it's competition and achiever then, right? So yes. it's both of those kind of the stamina uh, of always wanting to do more and there's that pace setting and fast and yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So when I was six months pregnant, I walked on fire in Sydney for the Tony Robbins <laughs> course. So you have to give you an idea of the kind of person I am, right? <laughs> yeah. But yes, I think the competition bit is not just... Because we always think competition is comp competing against others. But you know what? We're competing against our minds, ourselves. Because yeah. there's always that voice in our head that says we can't do it. So we're competing against that. Yeah. You know, we need to drown that voice out. Um, and then I think the other strength that I really like to see there was focus. Mm. Because I 
am someone whom actually I thought, I still am sometimes easily distracted. You know, I don't have the Instagram, Facebook, and recently I even deleted LinkedIn uh, from my phone because I'm the kind where I will, I will just keep scrolling, you know? Right, and right. I'm like, oh, You're down a rabbit hole. who's liking my posts? Who's yeah. not, you know? Yeah. And it's a big drain it's on my energy and emotions. Yeah. And yeah. I think Instagram is the worst, to be honest, because... You know, we are always comparing ourselves with others. And then the worst thing is if you're going on a holiday or you're having a nice time at the park with your son and then you're actually plotting like, I'm going to take a photo, I'm going to put it on Instagram. Yeah. That sucks. I think, you, I think you're so right. And, it, yeah. and what worries me when I watch sometimes on YouTube or on the news is there's like a crime being committed and no one's helping. They're just taking a yeah. video. You're like, oh my God, why are you helping this person? What the hell? Terrible. We don't need a video. Yeah. Kind of, you know... We're, humanity we need to kind of be better with each other yes, right and I think yes. living in that moment yes. yeah yes yes so this year my newest resolution is to stay off of social media as as okay. far as I can so I, I, I can look at Facebook and LinkedIn when I'm on my computer yeah but not as and when I go right yeah so that's that's the thing um so the focus going back to focus I am very focused actually so when I read my my diagnosis from the the, the Gallup strength test I, I was like oh I need to remind myself, yes, actually, I am very yeah, focused. Yeah. Because if I set my mind to doing something, yeah. I don't take no for an answer, I will get there. You know, whatever outcome, I want to get to win-win outcome, whether it's for my candidate or my client. And does that sometimes get in the way, though? Does, does, any, of those, <laughs> does any of those talents kind of get in the way to the point that you have to manage any one of those? Of course. There's always weakness in every strength, right? Um, I think competition when it gets to a level where like it's unhealthy like yeah. I, I'm relentless that yeah. can get a bit too much you know and I think I'm very conscious of that especially for my team because everyone has uh, different strengths and different weaknesses so like let's say if I'm like hey you know why are you not trying to be a better version of yourself each and every day you yeah. know that could be too much for someone yeah. who's just like hey give me a break yeah. That's my husband. My husband's like, give me a break. Yeah. Um, so the, I, I, I have to remind myself, you know, that. So is that a thinking thing for it's you? It's a thinking it's not, thing. You don't go running or do, what, what is it that oh, just gets you to kind of go, right. I need to calm that one down. That's kicking uh, in now. I can hear it. I can feel it. I mean, I have it a lot. Okay. I'm very similar to some of the talents yeah. to yours. And I, I find I have to sometimes go for a run or for a, right. for a walk right, just right. to kind of calm, calm down my FOMO at times. Uh I listen to sermons. Do you? Yes. I go to church uh, every Sunday. I have my small group. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite spiritual. And that is the only antidote for me personally. That helps you? To, to ground to, you? To, to ground me? You. To remind me to be still. Okay. Yeah. So that So that really me. forces your focus just to kind of put it yes. into perspective. That's really yes. interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually... I mean, I... That changed me. So for other people, it could be meditation or yeah, meditation. mindfulness, right? So finding yeah. something yeah, um, to calm that, that, down. that kind of works for you, that just, you know, you got, you know, you just got a rejected offer or you feel yourself kind of getting to the mm. point where it's just work, 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 work. What do mm. you do to just kind of go, just take a minute, just take a mm. minute, whatever that yeah. might be. Yeah. Um, what are some of your guiding principles to a successful life and business? I know we, you mentioned the, um, for sermons, but what would you, mm. what would you say your guiding principles to... Guiding Leading a happy, a happy life. Yeah. In okay, happy life. Um, I guess it def we all have different definitions of what a happy yeah, life is. Yeah, we do absolutely. Uh, 
the thing about gui- guiding principles, okay, that, well, that's not well, doesn't, easy That question. sounds really over-professional. Yeah. Yes, yes. what, what, what would you say um, are really important to you to okay. have a successful life and business? What okay. are the... I think it's never... Okay, it's about being content with where we are right now, but never staying contented. So that's me. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I am content. I'm thankful for what I have mm. right now. Mm. Right? And I have to remind myself that because I am usually on the other side where I'm not contented. Right? Because that's the so competition it's, it's, it's then? Because it's yes. you're trying to balance those in trying a way. Trying to balance kind of, those two yeah. things. Okay. Because that part, ne- never contented, can drive the people around me crazy. Because they know? want to stay in that content state a yes. little bit longer. Yes. And you're already going, yeah, that's great. We're, but I see, I see this other little stepping stone that we want to go on. Yes. And is that work and family? It's work and family. Yeah. Um, so I'm very thankful that, like, for instance, my son is very open to trying new things. Yeah. So he's now on, oh gosh, I'm going to sound like some crazy tiger mum. No, we love it. We love a good tiger <laughs> mum. <laughs> but he's, we just started him because this year is our year to uncover his talent. Right, because I've I've been a very you know they do a kids mom. you know they do a kids kids Clifton Strengths right they really? do it, oh I did gosh, it on I my son on who's thirteen and they only oh. do the top three it's called the Strengths Explorer really so I learned a lot about my son oh. from yeah okay I'll send you a link okay amazing mm. so this year is about uncovering my son's talent um you know like we we we've, he he loves tennis. He's, right. he's a brilliant musician. He's playing the drums, the piano, and he's really good at coming out rap songs, believe <laughs> it or not. Yeah. <laughs> rap songs. Good get him on the podcast. He I know. Should, he, should, he should do your jingle. <laughs> he should do a jingle in the middle with yeah. uh, your son. Yeah. But so the guiding principles I, I think he sees in me is that I'm, I'm constantly trying to reinvent myself. So I, I, I would like that for him to, to, to start at an earlier age. Because I think when I was in school and then the schools are like saying, oh, what are you talented in, right? Then I was in a uniform group at first, which, which was, I was terrible at it. I, I couldn't do like the marching band oh steps. God, yeah, I, you cannot imagine me doing that. And then I, I joined the school choir because I can sing. Um, but then after it got boring. So it was like, I, I, I wasn't sure what my talent was. Right, your passions then. Yeah, my no, passions. Yeah. So I think the guiding principles I have, the thing is, it's not stagnant. Even though I'm approaching okay, so 40. So try different things, yes. experiment, be curious. Yes, be curious, never saving in your comfort zone. Yeah. I think that's my guiding principle. Yeah. The moment you're too long in your comfort zone, I'm sorry, I think that's Okay, that's so I'm going to challenge you on that. What if, mm. um, is it Noah or Nathan? That, that you're, Na- Nathan. So yeah. what if Nathan grows up and says, I, I, I don't want to do law, or I don't want to do medicine. Yeah. I actually, I want to be a full-time youtuber doing all my raps how would you can i because there's always that pressure in asia yes, right with yes. these certain yes. careers that everyone should go down yes. and a very a hell of a lot of unhappy people in those uh-huh. careers because they're forced into that what 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 would you what would you say to him because my mom had that exact thing my mom my grandma my dad my uncles my neighbors everyone weighed in when i wanted to leave law right i was a lawyer right. for yeah. four years yeah and I've always done really well in school, in university. And then when I went to law, to be honest, I felt like a failure because I felt like I couldn't live up to what I had right. set up to do, right? right? So what because they, of that... What they wanted you to do. No, I myself too. You wanted I, that as well. I wanted to be a lawyer. Right. But I just... But anyway, I would definitely encourage my son to be a YouTuber. If that's his he, passion and interest. Is he allowed to listen to this podcast Yeah, now? he already wants to start his own YouTube channel. Trust me. He can do a he kid's does. one. 
Do a he kids does. podcast or YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> he does. But he also told me he wants to do a law double degree. This guy has a lot of ambition. Yeah, it's quite hilarious. But we would not stand in his way. I mean, unless he, he, he wants to do things that are going to harm people, obviously we'll have to guide him along. But the reality is because of my own path, my parents were supportive. You know, my mom and dad did not stand in my way when I wanted to leave law. I, I, I'm thankful forever in that because I know parents, I speak to law, young law students, I speak to young lawyers where they are in law because of their parents. You know, yeah. I think Jay Shetty yeah. in his podcast likes to say, you're either a lawyer when he was young. He was told... Uh, you're either a lawyer, a doctor, or a failure. So that's the reality right. for a lot of Asian families. Yeah. I would say we're not a typical Asian family. Right. Okay. Mm. And thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people sometimes at their crossroads of their career, I think COVID brought that out as well in terms of people sort of assessing, is this for me? Is this the environment that I want? What do I want from life? You know, mm. when, they, when they stop being able to travel, they're spending more time with the family. I think they completely, I've seen so many people sort of changing careers. Mm. Um I want to sort of bring forward to kind of this year now. What's the future for you and your team? What are you excited about this year? Wow, I'm excited about so many things about this year. Truly, truly. I did not start off the year like that though, I must say. So January was a, a month where a lot of things went downhill. And I would even go as far as to say that it was slightly dark for me. Um, however, I've had this before, I think it was 2018, early, early part, just before Chinese New Year, and I bounced back, and I'm, I've bounced back. I took some time off, I took a week off, right. and I'm very excited. We have a game plan in place. We're very excited to get you involved in, in, in coaching the team. We've just made an offer out to someone oh, who's going to join us. Oh, yes, brilliant. I we know did. we were talking in Jan that you were looking yes. at someone. Yes, we plan to make another offer out very quickly soon. I was like a guy because I know you're all girls at the moment. Did you manage, uh, have you managed, to get, a, have you managed to get a man yet? <laughs> we, will, we, we are still looking, but we will not discriminate against, <laughs> against good girls and women. Um, so it, it, it is an, a, a female um, and so for the guys out there listening that are legal <laughs> recruiters, please contact yeah, Shulin. I repeat, please contact Shulin. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I mean, I mean, obviously it, it will be very helpful if we have more diversity. Right now, the team, we have a Spanish former lawyer, Tessa, hmm. right? We have, um, uh, Ellie Liley, who is a Malay in descent. We have yes. Alice Poe. And then we have Shirley, who's from Philippines. You have a and lovely team. I love your yeah. team. Yeah, They're all different L. personalities, yes. different backgrounds. Yes, yeah. different backgrounds. So that's, what we're excited about this year is that, yes, we're still focused on legal recruitment. Mm -hmm. We want to get, obviously, better at what we're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, we are very, we're going to get more selective as to who we want to work with. Because not, not that we want to be like, snobby and want to turn away people but more we realized that the last two years a lot of us are feeling burnt out so to protect my the mental well-being and yeah. actually quite frankly the physical well-being yeah. of my team members uh, we are coming up with a set of criteria in fact i'm talking to you i haven't even uh we haven't even set the criteria to be honest but we are we are already in talks to set a set of criteria okay to qualify they, the client yes. in a way yeah client and candidate so 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 yeah. it's things like it, um, it's a, is it a new client or is it a client to stay with? Is it an existing so there, one? There are clients we have sacked as well. So okay, I so, would say so it, T's and C's, yeah. um, whether they're responsive yeah. to us, whether you have access yeah. to line, yeah. all those kind of things. Is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it's a really yeah. good idea. I, yeah. I love that. I think sometimes you have to relook at mm. like what you were saying before with your fees. 
it's like sometimes you have to kind of step back at the business and go, do I need to relook at my fees? Do I need to be charging more? You know, if we're really scrabbling around for candidates and, you know, we need to make sure that when we give a great candidate, that we have sponsor rates with that client are good or it's a waste of time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There yeah. are too many time wasters. Yeah. And I mean, the reality is there might be some clients where we may want to work with, we've never worked with. So we can be flexible. So the criteria is not like set in stone. So we're still consulting and we're still discussing. And I'm very excited about that. And I think the other thing I'm really excited about for the team is that uh, we are brainstorming ideas as to how to challenge the status quo. Because you see, the reality is right now, we are all told and we look at other recruitment firms and we just see that, oh, okay, you know, this is how things have always been done and therefore we do it like that. So this year is a year of I would say evolution. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. are we are looking to change things up. Yeah. So that mm. whole sort of transformation. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's really exciting. Yeah. We, we want you to get you involved. I we love need that. your views on this. Um, right. We are getting to the rapid fire round. Oh, I love this part. Um, what one thing has entered your life that has impacted how you think? Okay. That's a big question. Uh, I would say my faith. Uh, because before 2014, I, 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 I mean, I accepted Christ in 2014. And when I was a recruiter from 2010 to 2014, it looked very different from 2014 to now. So that has impacted me because to me, I realized that there is more to life than, than this. You know, yeah. there's a lot more. Yeah. So when things don't go my way, when the candidate accepts a counteroffer, when the client shuns me, it's okay. It's part of his plan. So I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, yeah, I, I just roll with it. I, I bounce back from adversity a lot faster. I love it. Mm. If you couldn't be a recruiter, what would you be? I would be in PR or marketing because I love it. I love co- creating content. Mm. And the podcast made me realize that even more. Mm. Uh, I admire people who are in the PR and communications industry. And I think I would be really good at that. What one word describes how you feel about 2022? Uh, many words come to mind. You only got to pick one. Okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not very good at that. Um, I would say trust. So trust in trusting in the journey, trusting in the process, trusting in my team, my chosen team, which is my like my chosen work family. Uh, trusting in, I guess his his timing, his plan. You know whether you believe in the universe or God, you know, we just have to trust there's a greater plan than this. And we should also stop being so hard on ourselves. And I would say there is a perfect time, there's a perfect timing. Um, and sometimes it doesn't just all fall on us. I think that was a perfect um, ending of a great podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you so you're much. So Andrew. welcome. I really enjoyed um, myself. If you're interested in getting into contact with Shuling, her details would be on the show notes. Um, and do check out her podcast after the bar. doesn't matter if you're not a legal recruiter or know nothing about legal. It is worth putting on your playlist. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't be stingy. Share it with as many people as you can. You can now rate the podcast on Spotify. So go and do that. Um, and if you're a recruitment leader and looking to join a group that embraces diversity and inclusion, please reach out for to join Women in Recruitment Asia. So stay safe out there and be kind to each other. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. 